There is a term that is somewhat maligned in uh, a lot of Christian traditions nowadays, um, a term that is actually central, one that we get in Episcopal liturgy in our prayer book, but Episcopalians, I think, kind of read over it quickly to kind of let it pass. And if you haven't guessed, that word is repent. But repent is a word that really just means turn, which is a good thing and actually a life-giving thing. I like the intention of the Hebrew term teshuva, which carries the meaning of get back on the path. Because if you're a human being, you know what it's like to get off the path and to find yourself there, and you need that reminder, teshuva, get back onto the path, where a life-giving way of being is there for you, waiting for you to return to it. But the Christian life is actually about even more than turning. It's actually about changing, about transformation in our lives. A friend of mine who is an Episcopal priest in Southern California, I ran into him at one point not long ago, and I said, how are things going with you and your congregation? He said, well, what I'm noticing is everybody wants change, but nobody wants to change. And that has ramifications even beyond the life of a congregation. If we want to see change, we have to be willing to ourselves change. We have to be open to the possibility of surrendering to what might be a transformation that we need to undergo. And so today as we remember the saints, it's All Saints Sunday, we commemorate these saints not because just their faith being so exemplary, though it was. They weren't necessarily perfect people. If you read up on the saints, you'll see that they really weren't. And the saint isn't a saint just because the saint was able to pray so well or serve the poor so well, though many of them did. That's not what makes them saints. What makes a saint a saint is that individual's willingness to be transformed in the light of God. The Christian life, it's important to note, is not merely about self-improvement. It's not about going from good to great and just making our lives better, making ourselves better. It's about transformation, turning things around, starting from our very core and building outward. I like how the presiding bishop, Michael Curry, puts it. He says, Jesus turns the world upside down, and then we find that it's been made right side up. So today, at the 9 o'clock service, we had a baptism for four children. And baptism is about this. Baptism is about change, transformation. Baptism is actually about passing from death into life, into a life that cannot die. Now, in our tradition, when we have a baptism, we have a lot that goes with it. It's a beautiful service. There are promises that are made. There's a call and response. And we renew our baptismal vows, our baptismal covenant. But really, none of that is required to have a full and complete, proper, legitimate baptism. Really, you only need two things. Um, and by the way, you don't need a priest. To have a baptism recognized in the church, you do not need a clergy person at all. All you need is a person who is willing to baptize sincerely with faith in their heart another person. 
the two things you need. One is that it be done in the words naming the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's one of the requirements. And the other requirement is that you use water. Water. You have to have water. I used to do emergency baptisms in a hospital, and they had this little vial of water that had a little tape on it that said, holy water, and they'd bring it out. Um, I wasn't ordained yet. But you can do a baptism, but you have to have water. So why water? Probably the, the first thought to an answer would be, well, because when Jesus was baptized, he was baptized in water in the River Jordan. By the way, um, some of us just got back from the Holy Land, and I'm happy to say that we took a water bottle, filled it with water from the Jordan, and now at St. John's, whenever we have a baptism, we're going to put a little bit of that water from the Jordan in our font. That's what we did uh, just about an hour ago. Um, that's not the reason for water, though. This is the reason. Water is a substance that has the power to both take life and to give life. I grew up on the water near the ocean. All of us who love the ocean and love the water, we know you have to respect it and you cannot turn your back on it because water is dangerous. It can take a life, but water also is one of the essential things you cannot live without. If you look out on a terrain, you know where the water is because that's where the green will be, because that's where the life is. If you are living in an extreme situation um, and, and you're deprived, you can live a lot longer without nutrition and food than without hydration. Water is essential to be alive. And so that's why we use water in baptism. It carries both properties. And in baptism, symbolically what you do is you pass through Christ's burial into death and the rising into life again, beyond. There are three um, times we you know, pour the water on the head of a person being baptized, and most people assume that's because of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, I only did one baptism in an actual river, and I'll tell you, it was a lot harder logistically than I ever expected, the, you know, dunking a person three times. But you do it three times, most traditions do it three times, for a very specific reason. And when I teach baptism classes, I always ask people, people never can guess but I'll tell you, it's the three days between the death and the rising and resurrection. It's the triduum. The three days from the death on the cross on Good Friday, and then on the third day, the rising again. It's passing through death into life. And so water is the perfect physical substance for us to use at baptism and to remind us that the Christian life is about being transformed. It is bringing the symbolism of the womb and the tomb together. In the early Christian churches that have been excavated and found, the fonts didn't look like the fonts that we are used to today, but they looked like tombs, like a stone sarcophagus, to remind the people being baptized that this was being born again after dying. And so in baptism, Death is turned upside down, it is transformed. And we get, at, on All Saints Sunday, we always get the reading of um, Jesus on 
the Mount, offering the Sermon on the Mount, and specifically the Beatitudes. And if you listen to these words again, you will hear that these words are about transformation. Blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are hungry for righteousness, they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. These blessed ways of being are the ways of being like a saint, being transformed in the light of God. And the good news on All Saints Day is that living this way is not just for saints. We are not to take these saints that have gone before and put them on a pedestal, put halos on their heads, put them in stained glass windows, and think that they are not like us. We don't have to aspire to such high goals because we're just regular and they're up there. But like the hymn that we just sang, we are to be one too. They are meant to show us what is possible for us. There was a study done in the late 90s by the researchers Lockwood and Kunda where they took a group of people and they asked them to be their best selves to see what would happen. Would it make their lives better? How would they do? Would they achieve more? And what they found was the people who were asked to be their best selves aimed too low. The people who did better were the people who had role models who challenged them to be even better than they thought they could be. And it's a proven fact. And so we need those saints to be an inspiration, to show us the way to transformation in the light of God. The way of the saints is the way of Jesus, the way that he laid out for us as well. In humbling himself, he raised not only himself, but us up. In dying, he showed how to be born. Like him, in a life of giving, giving we at last learn what it is to receive. Jesus turns the world upside down. He makes it right side up. Amen.